Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hello Storyteller podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, we did want to give you a little bit of background about this episode. It was recorded last year at the height of the pandemic and has sort of been in our podcast vault since then. The podcast was put on hiatus for the remainder of 2020 as we all sort of rallied together to persevere and make it through. And in reviewing the episodes from last year, we decided that there was still a lot of really good and helpful and useful information, and so we wanted to release them. So we just wanted you to keep that in mind as you're listening to the episode today. But we are excited to share it with you, and we hope that you enjoy it. On today's episode, Meg and I have the pleasure of speaking with Eileen Lamb. Eileen is a mother and an author, and in our episode today, she talks about her experience in having a child on the autism spectrum, as well as being on the autism spectrum herself, how that affects her work, her role as a mother, as a partner. Her interview was in-depth and emotional and so insightful, and we hope that you enjoy it. Storytelling. Moments in time, the things we don't want to forget. Details that are etched in our souls are every day. Teaching. Artists who want to share their passion for telling the stories of their lives so you can better tell the stories of yours. Sharing. A space and place to share your work, be inspired, motivated, supported, and learn from one another. Community. A group for photographers run by photographers. We welcome you to this community. Welcome to Hello Storyteller Podcasts. I'm Megan Boggs, a natural light, lifestyle, outside the box, and motive photographer, and mom of two sweet girls based out of Tulare, California. And I'm Melissa Ortendahl, a natural light, lifestyle, and documentary photographer based in central Massachusetts. Be the first to know about all of our upcoming educational opportunities, blogs, podcasts, mini lesson tutorials, and more. Make sure to check out our website at www.hellostoryteller.com and sign up for our mailing list to receive all the exciting new updates. Welcome to today's episode of the Hello Storyteller podcast. We are delighted to be talking today with Eileen Lamb. Hi, Eileen. Hi. And Meg, of course. Hi, Meg. Hey, hey. (laughs) So we're really excited to be able to talk with Eileen today to talk some more about her journey in a variety of capacities in her journey as a parent, in her journey as an author, in her journey as a photographer. And so I think what we'd like to do, Eileen, is just get a little bit of a backstory from you, kind of how you came into writing and how you came into photography and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sounds good. So I'm Eileen Lamb. I was born and raised in France, as you can probably hear because of my (laughs) accent. Um, I came here in Texas in 2011 to be an au pair, you know, with a nanny taking care of a, a little boy. And then I met my boyfriend, who's now my husband and I stayed here and we have two kids Charlie who is six and a half and on the spectrum he's a nonverbal, and Jude who is four and uh, I've 
always loved writing since I was a kid. And after Charlie was diagnosed with autism, and I was myself diagnosed actually as high functioning, I started writing on my blog and the response from Stranger was so overwhelming that I just decided to write a book. And so that book just came out, right? Just recently? Yeah, it came out in August. It's uh, actually a photography book. So it has my writing, but also a lot of my uh, photography. So I'm, I'm not a photographer. Like, it's not my, my job. It's just a hobby. But I really love it. And it's a great way for me to express myself, you know, photography, writing. So I really like the idea of having a book that has both my pictures and my writing in it. Yeah. So for someone that doesn't call herself a photographer, your work is always beautiful and very emotive and just very moving. And I, you are always so incredibly thoughtful, I think, and and honest in what you share on your social media platforms, which I can imagine is not always easy to do both from a personal standpoint and then also in, you know, obviously getting feedback, sometimes probably not always fantastic feedback from people on the internet. And so what has that experience been like for you and kind of allowing yourself to be honest and open and vulnerable and, and having to deal with the public's opinion and weighing in on those, on, on your personal story? Honestly, at first, it was really difficult when I would, you know, open up about about a topic and get negative feedback, you know, mean comments. Some people can be so mean on the internet, as yeah. you probably know. But with time, I've really, I was able to kind of leave the negative feedback behind and only taking the, the positive, which is that it's helping people when you open up about subjects that are not easy to talk about and you're honest and vulnerable because people can relate to you and you know when you only see highlights real from people it can be hard because Mm -hmm. you tend to compare yourself to that and you might not feel good enough so I think it's important to talk about the bad and the good both you know absolutely and I think you know one of the things that I appreciate about you know how you share about your life and your parenting is because you are being brave in that way to share. It's, I think it's, especially on social media, it can be easy to just show the good stuff, right? That's the fun stuff to show. That's the easy stuff to show and put out there. And it's a lot harder to be vulnerable and to share the things that are not so easy and not so fantastic. But I can imagine, because I know that I find myself connecting even though I don't completely understand, I can't obviously put myself exactly in your shoes, but I can relate on some levels to struggles in parenting, to feeling overwhelmed, to feeling, you know, all the different range of emotions that we go through as parents. And so I think you are, when you choose to be open and honest in the way that you have been, even people that may not be in your exact same circumstance can still find ways to connect with you. And it's so helpful to be able to to see somebody else and hear about their story and see a bit of yourself in them and know that this is something that we all kind of deal with and go through in, in different ways in our own ways. And do you feel like you've heard feedback from people in that manner that you're, you sharing your story, your family's story has been helpful to other people? Yes, that happens a lot. And 
I think that's what keeps me going. And, you know, while I keep being vulnerable, even though I get, you know, a lot of negative feedback too, because receiving those messages from people who are telling me, well, you know, I, I read your caption, I read your blog post, and I just feel so much better now. I feel like I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. And what I'm going through is normal. And it's helped me so much. And I get these messages a lot, and it really, it's a motivation for me to keep opening up about this, these subjects that are not easy to talk about, for sure. Yeah. I, I always look forward to your posts, Eileen, because I just feel like they're, again, like Mel said, they're just so real and vulnerable that I, I always take a few minutes to stop and read your posts. Because again, even though I'm not in the same circumstance as you, I feel like as a mom, I relate to you a lot. And as a, as a woman, I relate to you a lot. And I just, I find it so refreshing that we can just connect with one another, even though we're so far away through each other's posts and through your words, your words are always so beautiful. And I just, I just wanted to tell you that I love reading them every day. So. Thank you. That means so much. And I know, you know, Instagram is so visual and a lot of people don't read captions and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I understand. Guilty, <laughs> but I always stop and read yours for sure. Well, so that really means a lot. I feel <laughs> so if you would be comfortable in sharing with us a little bit about Charlie's kind of journey and how that has kind of maybe changed the path of, of parenthood for you um, and what that experience has been like in, in raising um, a child who is on the autism spectrum. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's take it back to the beginning. So when Charlie was a, was a baby, you know, we didn't notice anything different really he was scared of other babies which was kind of odd like every time a baby would come next to him he would start crying hmm. not just little tears he would terrified he was just terrified of other babies and that was really the only red flag i want to say until he was 18 months and he stopped talking like he hmm. only had a few words he never talked a lot and since I was trying to teach him French, we thought that, well, you know, it's taking him longer to learn to talk. And so he stopped talking and he was doing the same thing every day, which was lining up his cars in a line. He wouldn't look at us. He wouldn't, like I said, interact with other kids. He had those huge temper tantrums. And, you know, everyone around me was just like, well, you know, it's terrible too in advance. Right. Uh, kids develop at their own pace. But after that speech regression, I started to really think, you know, I think there is more to it. So we got uh, early childhood intervention, mm -hmm. which is free or very cheap in every state, to come yep. to our house to evaluate him. And, yeah, he had very severe speech delay and issue with you know fine motor and so he qualified for therapy but after a few weeks they were like you know he needs more i think there is more than just a speech delay you know autism mm. and we went to a neurologist developmental pediatrician to be precise and he was diagnosed just before he turned two and as a mom, I needed that diagnosis at the time because that's the only way to get ABA therapy, which is right. the best for kids with autism, you know, started early. Mm -hmm. You can get it with 
well, you can, but your insurance won't cover it unless you right. have an autism diagnosis. So like we wanted that diagnosis. We just needed it. But still, to hear it from a professional, your child is on the spectrum, was hard. Like, it's like what does it mean for, for me as a mom? What does it mean for Charlie? Like, it kind of changed uh, everything that I thought was going, motherhood was going to be like. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can, I can't imagine because it does, it just shifts everything and it changes the way that you look at the journey ahead of you. You posted uh, an excerpt from your book all across the spectrum about talking about how it's okay to grieve. And I just found that to be really poignant because I think that there is so much truth to that of going through process and stages of, of coming to terms with what reality looks like for you now, as opposed to what you thought it was going to be or what, you know, it might have been. Yeah, and yeah, sure. it's just a, a whole different, different process. When did you start thinking about sharing your, about sharing Charlie's story and sharing your story? At what point did it, did you kind of feel like I want to begin to kind of talk more about what's happening with us. Uh, that was a few months after Charlie was diagnosed. I didn't have anyone to talk to about that stuff. You know, my friends didn't really understand at the time. They're like, oh, I'd grow out of it. No, you won't. And right. I was just very lonely and isolating. And I couldn't do things with Charlie that other parents were doing. Like, taking him to a park. I couldn't do that unless the park was completely fenced in right. or it was always, yeah, it was difficult. So I felt lonely and I started writing. That's the best way for me to express myself is in, in writing and through photography too, but it's different. And after I started sharing on my blog, which was then just a Facebook page, like mm -hmm. I said, the comments and support from Stranger was so uplifting that I just kept going and never stopped. And then in terms of, I know you said that you've always enjoyed photography. How has that been a different type of outlet for you? Because I think Megan, I, at some other point on the podcast, I know we talked about, you know, different creative outlets and how each creative outlet kind of scratches an itch or fills a need in a different way than, than something else. And so, you know, what, what makes you turn to photography on any particular day, maybe as opposed to writing on that particular day? And, and how do both of those kind of help you create an outlet or a, a way of expression for you? I think I like photography because it's open to interpretation and it feels a tiny bit less vulnerable because it's not as, you know, black and white as something I'm going to say in text. Like, with photography, like someone might see something in a picture that I don't see. And so I can kind of put my own interpretation on something I want to show and still have it mean different things for different people, you know? Mm -hmm. And so at, at what point did you decide that you were going to blend those two things together and start putting together a book? When did that process begin? I think... I mean, Instagram is really what got me into the, okay, I really got to work on my photography and 
this is just as important as my writing because it's so visual. And then I started seeing, you know, talented photographers on Instagram. And I was just like so inspired. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I want to do this too. And it just like pushed me to work on my photography. And, you know, I feel like with a good picture, it really helps the caption and vice versa. Like they both go together. And when I got the the book deal at first, I didn't think about turning it into a photography book, but my publisher was like, your photography is amazing. Like we need to blend these two together mm. in the book too. And I was like, wow, can't believe I didn't think of that myself. Yeah, <laughs> that makes so much more sense. And I love it. Yeah. And so I'm always interested in, in the book writing process um, and kind of creation process because partly because a, a best friend of mine is in the process of writing a book. And so I've done some promotional stuff for her and it's just really intriguing to observe this other kind of really in-depth creative process kind of come to life. How long did it take you to put the book together? How long? Well, I would say about a year, mm. but I had written my book proposal. You know, when you reach out to publishers and literary mm -hmm. agents, you write a book proposal in about four months. So this is what I started with. Uh, I was just writing like day and night and I put that together. And once my the publisher was like, yeah, let's work together. Then I finished the manuscript. Yeah. It is such a, it's like a birth. I feel like <laughs> to put a book together in that way is, is a, is a, such a process and it's such an expression. And I think especially your book in particular with it combining your photography in there as well, I think is just going to be able to get people a much more kind of complete picture uh, but not to, you know, to be, to use a pun, but, you know, a complete, I feel like each page is like a little, you know, story in, in and of itself. And so this provides the person who's reading the book, such an insight into your life, into your journey, into your story. And so just thank you for being willing to share both of those really kind of amazing talents and what a, what a wonderful thing to be able to kind of combine them together and, and share that with everybody else. Thank you. I hope it helps people. Eileen, I noticed that a lot of the times you jump in the frame. How does that feel to you? Is that something that is kind of cathartic and like a, like an exercise that kind of helps you either unwind or kind of feel alive? Like, what does that feel like for you? So to be completely honest, like a year ago, yeah, about a year ago, I hated it. I just couldn't stand being in the frame and like seeing my face no I was just like no I'll take pictures of my kids I'll stay behind the camera and then like people kind of push me to do it and show my face and you know we have those challenges sometimes oh mom in the frame or mm -hmm. this uh, loop that we loops we do on Instagram and <laughs> it just yeah it pushed me to do it and after a while, I kind of enjoyed it because looking back on these pictures, I'm like, wow, now I have such a good memory. Like this is me and Charlie or, you know, like it might not feel great in the moment, but looking back on them, then you have those beautiful memories of you in the frame because as photographer, we tend to be behind the, the camera. And I think it's important to 
to express my creativity when I'm in the frame too. I'm actually working on a cool series right now with uh, fairy lights, which I'm really excited Ooh. about. I have a fascination with lights, you know, like golden mm. hour and fairy lights are like the two things I'm just like so excited about. And um, yeah, I'm excited to, to work on this series and express a few things throughout the pictures. Awesome. I can't wait to see that. We're coming upon that time of year where it's going to be fairy lights and twinkle lights galore. So oh God, yeah. that's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. One of the other things that I always appreciate too, is that you show great behind the scenes on yes. your images. <laughs> I love it. So the one where it looks like you're flying, I really appreciated the behind the scenes uh-huh. on that one too. And then I think I saw one where you were or even a, oh, you were in the bathtub and you were like spraying the champagne bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's fun to see that, you know, behind the scenes. Because sometimes you might wonder. I mean, I know I wonder when I see pictures, like, how do they do that? And like that flying one, I'm terrible at Photoshop. That's something I really want to improve. And that was the only way I found to get a flying picture was to get on that table and then edit the table out. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure there's an easier way to do it, but I'm sure I'm going to look back on this in a year or two and be like, oh, well, you could have done that, you know, in another way. I love how you incorporate all parts of your life too, where it's not just about being on the spectrum or it's not just about the kids, but it's about you and the kids. And there's some of you and your husband and, and, you know, there's fun stuff and there's serious stuff and kind of everything in between. And I love that you just share it all. Like you're just so transparent that I just really love that about you. Thanks. Nice to hear because I, I love this, uh, this direction with my feet. At first it was just kids and it was hard for me to break out of that cycle of just sharing autism and kids and it's always scary when you do something new on social media you don't know how your mm-hmm. followers and are gonna react they're gonna be like oh that's weird that feels kind of out of character or what's going on there so it's nice to hear that you know you and i hope other people appreciate the variety of stuff if there's if there's one thing that you could provide to your following what do you hope that they take away from everything that you put into it? I think the main thing is that they're not alone. Like, I feel like as humans, moms, or yeah, just humans, we tend to feel like we're the only one feeling what we're feeling because we don't share about vulnerable stuff. So it's easy to think that, oh, well, I must be the only one feeling this way right now. So I really hope that seeing the good and the bad from my life helps them feel like they're not alone. I know that's something that's so hard for me when I'm struggling to feel like I'm the only person feeling this way and that no one gets it, no one understands me. So that's really my goal when I share is for people to feel understood, seen, and hopefully feel a little less alone at the end of the day. That's great. I'm just sitting here nodding in agreement. So you're, you're doing great. You're doing the right thing. <laughs> well, because I think we all want to be able to feel validated, you know, whether we're struggling in our work, whether we're struggling in our, you know, personal life or with our marriage or, you know, we've had a triumph or you've crossed a, a hurdle, you know, we all as human beings need that support and validation and, 
I think especially when people who have a platform choose to keep it real on that platform, it helps to to take away any of the stigma around disabilities, around mental health, around relationships, around, you know, so many different things and helps people to understand that that this this is normal. This is right, you know, this is not uh you know a now that it's not everyone's story is inherently unique, but there are so many people that are dealing with similar stories. And I think for such a long time, I feel like I've seen, you know, social media kind of start to take a turn to coming back to authenticity, to coming back to um, a place of honesty, where for so, so long it was show only the best, show only the the brightest, show only the the good and leave everything else out. And that to me always feels shallow. When I come across like your work and your feed, I always know that I'm going to be able to connect in some way to something that you are sharing. And I am always kind of knocked back by how honest you are about your family and about, you know, the ups and downs that you guys go through. But I'm always able to find a piece that I can connect with. And I think that's a really... I think that's not necessarily a really easy thing to do. I, I think it's hard to be transparent in a way where other people that can connect to you. But I've always been able to find a thread that I could hold on to where same thing as Meg just said, like, I'm reading your your caption and I'm nodding to myself or in my head, I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm glad it's not just me too. Like you had a post about being exhausted by parenting (laughs) and kids not going to sleep until late at night. And I feel like I saw that after a string of nights of my children, like not sleeping. And I thought like, thank God I'm not the only person who is just wiped out from parenting small people. Like it's not an easy job. And so I just am really appreciative of the fact that I feel like I even even though I've never met you in person, and this is really the first time we're ever speaking, like there's a connection there that I feel to you and to your story. So that's just something I wanted to share with you as well. That's so good to hear. Thank you for sharing with me. You're welcome. I love that too. And I think about this often that even though we haven't met most people in this world, obviously, but you know, just interacting with other women or moms, you have this unspeakable bond already because you're moms and you guys go through this similar process of motherhood and parenthood that it's just, it's kind of awesome that we just have this unspeakable connection where we may not know each other, but we can just nod or agree or, you know, have this common ground where again, we just don't feel so alone or crazy in our own chaos. But yeah, it's very true. I, I feel like some people, I know them, even though I've never met them, but just because, mm-hmm. you know, we share yeah. so much every day, you know, some of us even shared yeah, direct messages on Instagram and the stories, you know, when you watch people's stories, you kind of feel like you get a glimpse into their life and it's like, we know each other. Yeah. So I, I just want to circle back a little bit to talk about your children, because obviously you have another child too, Jude. And so I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about him and what his personality is like, and how is that dynamic for you as a parent and having two children who have kind of wildly different needs? And how do you find some kind of equilibrium in 
and parenting your children? Well, it's not always easy, you know, mm-hmm. as uh, everything is parenting. But I think we've reached a point right now where I'm happy with how things are, are going. And I've found that sweet spot where, like, Jude is starting to understand that his brother has different needs. And sometimes he gets upset because Charlie gets more attention because he obviously needs a lot more support in his everyday life. Mm-hmm. And Jude gets jealous because he doesn't, you know, we don't help him wash his hands. We don't help him uh, with getting dressed or with eating, but we do these things with Charlie. And to a child like Jude, it's like, well, why is mommy spending so much more time with Charlie? But now he's starting to understand better that we're doing this because Charlie's needs are different and he's helping. He loves to help. He's always helping with Charlie. So he, he will get Charlie dressed, like button his shirt. He will like fit him with a fork when Charlie can't, you know, get the food on the fork uh, the mm-hmm. right way. He will help Charlie go to the bathroom, wash his hands. And it's been very nice to see their relationship evolve like this. Because at first it was pretty, it was difficult really bad and um judah is very sweet he has so many things to say about the world around him like i have charlie who never talks and then i have jude on the other hand who will never stop talking (laughs) like i ask i wanted a child who talks and i feel like i got it but (laughs) too much yeah like they're already on both hands of that talking thing and I mean I get to experience both you know it's pretty cool and so if you wouldn't mind sharing with us too as you had mentioned earlier in our conversation that you are also on the spectrum and what has that been like for you and when did you become aware of that well I've always known I was different like since I was a kid I was bullied at school I was always by myself you know like kids always looked at me like I was from a different planet it was very hard for me to maintain friendships and make friends and people will take advantage of me and play jokes on me because I tend to be a little naive and you know might take things too literally so people mm-hmm. yeah it was it was tough growing up and in France there is a stigma around mental health and disability yeah. it's terrible like you think it's bad in the u.s but in france it's just like yeah terrible like i would go to therapy finally when i was a a teenager and i started making money playing poker (laughs) i I decided to use it to go to a therapist so that's pretty sweet Um, yeah but i did it and i hid it because it was near my high school, and I knew that if anyone saw me entering the bu- the building, like it would be the end for me. So I would mm. put the hood on my head uh, and make sure that no one would see me. So it was just very secretive, you wow. know. Yeah. And finally, after Charlie was diagnosed with autism, I learned more. Honestly, I didn't know much about autism until Charlie mm-hmm. was diagnosed himself, and uh, I learned about high functioning autism, mm-hmm. and. It's like, wow, I have a lot of these symptoms. But I didn't want to just say, oh, well, I have high-functioning autism. That's it. So I went through a 
therapeutic assessments, which is one-on-one -on -one time with a therapist. Mine specializes in autism. And they run a lot of tests and they talk to you a lot and they talk to your family, get uh, feedback about your childhood and all of that. Mm. And at the end of like 20, 25 hours, they wow. tell you. And yeah, I was indeed on, on the autism spectrum. And so I was mid-20s when I, I learned about that. So pretty late in life. Yeah. And in one way, I felt like it was great to have answers as in, well, if I'm struggling with this and that, you know, like I don't like going to the grocery store. I can't do concerts or loud noises. And yeah, like it's not because I'm broken. It's because I'm on the spectrum. So it, it was comforting in a way. But on the other hand, I was like, wow, how much easier would my life have been if I had known about this, mm. you know, when I was a kid and I had gone therapy and more help. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I can see where that would be kind of disarming in your mid-20s <laughs> mm -hmm. to to have that information in hand. Do you feel like it helps inform how you parent Charlie? Obviously, I know you guys have, uh, you know, you're both in different stages of this, but do you feel like it helps? Uh, in some ways, like, like I said, for noise sensitivity, for instance, sometimes everyone's going to be fine around the table and Charlie and I would just like put our hands on our ears at the exact same mm. time. And everyone's looking at us like, what just happened? <laughs> and, you know, we have that same kind of noise sensitivity, like we're going to hear noises that no one else hears. So like for that, I can relate and I can tell people, oh, well, it's because we heard a noise that was painful. I can be straightforward, painful, certain noises. But on the other hand, like you said, we're both on very different spots on the spectrum i'm very yeah. high functioning i was able to you know get married i have two kids and charlie is you know still nonverbal, still learning to talk and communicate mm -hmm. so i don't understand that aspect of the spectrum like i don't really have any insights as to why he can't communicate with us and that's a bit heartbreaking his only yeah. way to communicate right now is to scream mm. so he'll just scream and we can just guess what he wants and most of the time we don't guess right so it just ends up yeah. in tears I feel sad that I can't understand my own child and also sad that you know as a mom it's difficult to not be able to make your child feel better because you know with Jude if he's sad he's gonna tell me and well I might not be able to make it better but at least I will know why and I can give right. him a hug like Charlie's not gonna need that affection if I go and I give him a hug, he's going to push me away. I don't like that. So yeah. I have no way of making my child feel better that I've found yet. And that's pretty hard. Yeah, that's, that is really difficult. Yeah. And I imagine that there's a lot of just unknown and uncertainty, both in the day-to-day -day and, and for the future too. And that is a really, can be a really difficult yeah. way to have to kind of walk through life but I think all of our our children too you know have things about them that only they have gifts that they own that only they have and things that only they are able to do and that manifests itself in so many different ways with all of our children and I just I feel like 
even in times when I have been completely overwhelmed with parenting my own three boys, you know, I've, I've shared this uh, with Meg, you know, we're, we're walking through a season right now with one of my six-year-olds where it's, it's been a very challenging eight or nine months with him. A lot of behavior that we're trying to kind of figure out and sort out and determine what's going on and what's happening. And is there something we can do to help or assist? And it has felt very isolating for me sometimes. And it's felt very overwhelming. And I've felt very incompetent in parenting my child these last eight or nine months and feeling very kind of like, I don't know what mm -hmm. to do or how to help him in, in these behaviors that he is having as we're still trying to sort everything out. And that can be really, really isolating <laughs> and really frustrating and exhausting. But there are also times too, when, you know, he has a really good day and I, I feel like sometimes I cling to that, like a life preserver. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. To, the good days are great. To make it through the next, the next kind of series of uncertainty and ups and downs. Well, Eileen, we thank you so much for being willing to spend some time out of your day chatting with us and talking with us and sharing a little bit more about your story. We feel really honored to have you with us today. It's been wonderful being able to speak with you and, and learn a little bit more about you and we want all of our uh, listeners and, and followers to know where they can find find you both on social media, where they can get a copy of your book. And so where can, if they're not already following you, where can they find you? Um, at the Autism Cafe on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. The Autism Cafe. Great. And where could they purchase your book? Through your website? It's actually through my publisher, Start Catalog. So if you just type in all across the spectrum on Google, you should find it. And it's also on Amazon as a Kindle version. Oh, wonderful. Awesome. Well, again, Eileen, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And we're excited to continue following you and continue following your story and your journey. Um, and we look forward to to sharing you with our listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you. It was great being here today. Thanks, Eileen. All right, friends, we will uh, chat with you next time. Sounds good. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.